0: Hello and welcome back to an A to Z of UK TV drama with me Andy.
1: And me Martin, how are you
0: doing? I'm good, thank you, sir.
1: Where are we? We we've reached the letter C. We have we? already. We're flying, flying through another alphabet.
0: Yeah, ABC. So, today we're going to tackle mm-hmm. a series that I was really surprised to enjoy 10 years ago. Right. And
1: okay. you only you only discovered it 10 years ago. I, I have this I had this vague feeling that it was one of those things that you'd been watching since you were, you know, knee high to a grasshopper. <laughs> right. kind
0: of no, it's quite recent. Um, well, quite recent. Okay. But um, yes, I'll tell you as we as we go in how I feel about it now. Mm-hmm. But I have a, a relationship with Cousin bet, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is what we're doing. Cousin bet is C. Which is what we're doing. Yes. 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 So yeah, a touch of the Balzacs. <laughs> yes, Honore de Balzac. <laughs> Sorry, it had to be said.
1: <laughs> no, it is. I, 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 as my beloved said, ah, French is it? I went. Yeah, won't be cheery then. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> this was, uh, this is a series. Uh, it was made in, uh, well, it was broadcast in August 1971. Yep. in five parts. It's a five-part adaptation of a classic novel, which as we know uh, from our last show, can mm, can make accusations of worthiness get flung in. The yes, direction. too worthy for but, this. <laughs> yes. But um, actually, because uh, I'd never heard of it, I literally didn't know this existed at all. Right. It was either before my time. We didn't watch this kind of telly. At least I don't remember us watching it when I was a child. I mean, it would probably have been far too grown up for me anyway. Uh, but I'd, been, I'd have been about mm, seven, I about okay. Christmas first. Okay, yeah.
0: So, um, what 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 brought you to it? Was it the Margaret Tysack? It was. Factor? It was having always right. loved I Claudius, um, mm. and mm. thinking um, there must be other Margaret Tysack things. And then I actually mm. did a search, saw this, and I thought, oh, it's got Colin Baker in it as well. That ticks the Doctor Who mm-hmm. box, and it's mm-hmm. got Ursula Howells, who I love in Murder mm-hmm. Is Announced. Mm-hmm. Miss Marple, so I thought, yeah, well, I'll give it a whirl and it sat on the mm-hmm. shelf probably for about three years before we watched it which is quite typical mm-hmm. and normal and then we watched mm-hmm. it and oh, we yes.
1: were... We yes. were... I'm, I'm looking at the cellophane <laughs> reflecting the sunlight <laughs> yes, even as we speak.
0: exactly, that's something we... <laughs> Thinking this house is too
1: small for all this crap <laughs> <laughs> this is all going to go to the charity shop before it's even seen
0: So I'm very keen to find out what you thought about it but I guess we should do the synopsis first
1: Um... Well, yes, I suppose so. Um, I can I can quickly I can quickly read you the back of the old uh, very uh, it, it's uh, it's a very uh, un glamorous uh, DVD release that I have <laughs> yes. here. It's, uh, it's the Acorn release, and there's there's not there's not much information other than there's lots of other DVDs you can buy. <laughs> um, but but cousin bet cousin bet is a poor spinster and a frequent welcome visitor at her cousin Baron Hulot's or Hulot. Hulot's household. No, it's definitely Hulot. Come on, it's French. Yeah, it's out of thought, so, yeah. <laughs> Baron Hulot's daughter, Hortense. Hortense. <laughs> uh, te- teases <laughs> Bet about, uh, te- about her lover, in inverted commas, the sculptor Count Steinbock, who lives above Bet's apartment and who Bette rescued from suicide. Bette treats Steinbock maternally, but loves him with a jealous affection and has also invested in him financially. When Bette, his Hortense, is engaged to Steinbock, she feels betrayed and furious. She resolves, with the aid of her neighbour, Madame Valérie... Sorry, I missed a line. (laughs) She resolves to destroy the entire Hulot family... That's quite an important line. (laughs) ...with the aid of her neighbour, Madame Valérie Marnith... Together they wreak vengeance using Valerie's beauty and Bets' wily brain, which is basically what happens. Yes, it's absolutely true. Yeah, it's um, that's actually a fair summary. I, I it is. I I feel that the people at Acorn, they they you know they earn their pennies. They watched it. They, watched, they watched it at least. At least <laughs> indeed, someone did. Indeed. yes, indeed. So there we are. So that's uh, that's basically what whoever it was who worked for Acorn wrote. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's an interesting. Piece. I mean, I'm. I have. I've, I've said before. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not drawn to corsets in crisis as a as a as a, as a telly that I would normally watch. Uh, and this is a. It's a very. It's it. This dates from that era when a lot of television was presented in of this type. it anyway, was presented in a very simple way. It's not that. It's not got the lavish sort of brideshead approach to literature that was about ten years later. It's basically studio bound. Uh, there's no location work as far as I can remember there's one uh, scene there's
0: one scene of cherry blossom. blossom in the last episode which is on film it's very odd
1: <laughs> yeah uh, but the rest of it it's all shot in studio on very uh, you know in those lavish sets that uh, were sort of sort of symptomatic if you like or or symbolic or or basically what the bbc did in those uh, days yeah. very simple captions very simple music very very simple presentation and yet it's kind of compelling in its own little way
0: yeah yeah, you know, I think it is. I mean, let me tell you, I when I first saw this, I was blown away by it. Mainly because I thought, mm-hmm. this is so old, it's going to be really boring. And I don't like mm. old... Um, let's, let's not keep using the word bonity, but old bonity drama. what do you mean? <laughs> bonity drama. <laughs> what do you mean? What's wrong with being old? <laughs> no bonity. Yeah, young No bonity. No Bonnetty yeah, oh, <laughs> Not yeah. old. Yes. Um, but... Um, I thought it was really compelling. I thought it was really mm. dark, and that the characters were mm. so well. Well, Bet. Yes. I mean, she's she's wonderfully, terrifyingly, you know, vengeful. Yes. But yes. um, the the last time I watched it, I was like, oh, this isn't quite as tight as I remembered it. And this time I mm. watched it, I thought my problem was I didn't know whether I liked any of the characters. And I think mm. the first time I watched it, I was really behind Bet and her vent revenge. Mm. Yes. But now I'm thinking, she's just plain evil, and I really struggled with how, <laughs> how evil she was, and it was kind of scared me more. It was interesting how my, my view of it has changed.
2: I didn't think you'd manage it, you know, not altogether. Well, I haven't yet. <laughs> oh, come. You've your uncle stranded in Algeria. Poor Ecton and his son adrift upon a sea of debts. Your cousin Adeline in deeper gloom than any widow, and you've separated Steinbock and his pretty little wife. Who else is left? The Marshal. Hello. That old man?
3: The pillar of the house. Well, I admire your thoroughness. There's a special joy in dealing with a figurehead. I thought perhaps that uh, I would marry him.
2: It isn't possible.
3: Why not? There isn't any blood relationship. but connected only by my cousin's marriage to his brother.
2: Oh oh no I I meant that you my independent libertarian would sacrifice yourself in marriage.
3: Oh I can assure you that the sacrifice would not be mine. It would be that of my dear relatives seeing me take pride of place before them all. Watching me enjoy my final victory. It's perfect my love. What better way could I revenge myself upon the Marshal than by marrying the man.
1: It is a series that starts off with a suicide attempt and gets grimmer <laughs>
2: as you go
0: on. I'm really encouraging people to watch this.
1: <laughs> um, but actually, I, I'm, I'll i be honest with you, I was, I was not looking forward to this at all. Yeah. I really wasn't. I've had it on the shelf, and I know you've told me how good it is and everything like that. But when we sort of got to the point where, right, we're going to do Cousin Bet next. I thought, oh, here we go. Yeah, I'm go- I, I'm going to be wading through treacle for the uh, whatever it is. <laughs> five episodes, three five episodes of three quarters of an hour each. So it's about what three three hours. Yeah. Or um, and I I don't know. I the first episode. I must admit, I didn't find that compelling. Yeah. I, the first episode, particularly, I, I watched it and I was distracted, and it because it's a lot of its setup. A lot of it was, to put it mildly, bonnety nonsense. It was, you know, there, was there were people meeting people and and gussets in crisis and all this kind of thing. And generally speaking, I was I was not smitten. Yeah. And to be honest, on reflection now, uh, of the five episodes, the middle three are brilliant. Yeah. I'm not mad keen on the final episode for different. Reasons, yeah, but the first episode I find a bit inconsequential, and it's it's a great shame because I'm sure that the whole, I mean, the whole thing has to be set up by that episode. That episode basically tells you everything you need to know, but for some reason, it just didn't engage me in the way that when I sat down and thought, "Oh, I better watch episode two now." Yeah, I literally blasted through the the remaining four episodes in a morning because it was it was really really watchable yeah and the, the story is so compelling that it draws you in and draws you in i am actually not sure it's it's one of those series that if you think about how it was first presented which was over five separate weeks in a time when people didn't have home video yeah i'm actually not sure that's the best way to watch it now i'm i'm usually quite uh against the whole binge watch watch everything in an afternoon approach to to drama these days, because I do feel you you lose a lot. But actually, this works as a three, three and a half hour solid movie yeah viewing experience the the subtleties of things that happen in the opening episode really pay off if you actually just sit down and watch the lot yeah. in a block now I imagine that's possibly you know the nature of the novel it's based on the novel is you know you sit down you read a book you can if it's a page turn you can blast through to the end of it there are books that you read that you put down for six months you pick up and you can't remember any of the characters names you know so I suspect actually that sometimes the serialisation of the novel is not the best way to tell that story. Uh, and I just think this works as, a, as an absolute block of, of viewing. Yeah. Again, the caveat is always it's 1970s, it's set in a studio. There are moments that it might look a bit stagey or you know the performances might look a bit odd or the camera movements if you're not used to that sort of television. But actually, if you're just engaged with the characters and the plot it's it's kind of wonderful it is
0: i know it really is it and you you use the word compelling i mean definitely it's it's very watchable and i was drawn completely into the machinations of the revenge plot yes i mean maybe that's the way i'm made no no
1: machinations of that that playing out was just phenomenal
0: wasn't it so what happens effectively is that cousin bet um is allied with um Valerie Marneff, played by Helen Mirren. Mm. So you know we're talking mm. high caliber actors here, oh. and the the revenge on the hulos and well everyone about their lives and what they can get out of it. it um, is mm. is so dark and you kind of root for them to begin with, but then I guess they take it very far and it just goes wow, but <laughs> but it's it's really interesting as a setup. I can't think of anything like it actually. Mm. It's very. Original, and I think Balzac I mean, films.
1: We always say whenever we whenever we watch French films that uh, you know things like uh, Wages of Fear and things. You you know that it's going to have a downbeat ending. Or whenever you watch a, a French um, heist movie, you know they're all going to die in the last reel. You know? yeah. it's kind of it's kind of there seems to be a, a tradition in French storytelling that you bump off everybody. Uh, I don't know whether that's necessarily. Uh, the case to a certain extent in this because you obviously uh things play out the way they play out but actually it's it's not the most cheerful uh notion no but it is but the way it play, i mean if you if you like schadenfreude if you like if you just like people getting their comeuppance it's kind of it's kind of delicious yes. to watch it
0: really yes but I think it it comes over, it goes out of comeuppance into something like. I am um, the cruelty visited on Hector. I mean, I know he's a mm. nightmare lech, and mm. the the cruelty to Adeline as well. And it's just oh yeah, it's but. Well, I guess they get their they get their comeuppance, don't they themselves? Mm. Bet and um, mm. and um,
1: I suppose I suppose in in the opening opening episode we hmm. meet uh yeah, Steinbock who's who's a down down on his heel down on his luck uh aristocrat who's had to flee his own country due to local war issues which are <laughs> kind of relevant to things yes. that are going on in the world at the moment. Uh and basically he's he he's a sculptor. He is. Or he, he's a want to be want to be
0: sculptor. And can I just say he's meant to be a sexy sculptor? Colin Baker is yes. the sexy um male yeah, no, character, well, which is just kind of funny.
1: <laughs> I think I think it's fascinating actually. We forget that Colin Baker's the early part of Colin Baker's career, he was very much the sex symbol. He, yeah. You know, the brothers and everything like that. He he was seen as actually a quite glamorous, good looking young actor. Um uh, people who only really know his later career might find that difficult. I don't know, you know, the the, the, the years pass, you know, but they might find that difficult to believe. But he actually, I mean, in this, he does wear some incredibly big hair.
0: It's so big; um, it's really probably um, it's
1: it, it, a quiff that would make Elvis blush. Yeah. You know, it's it's a big. Uh, he's, a, he's he's got a lot of hair, but he's actually very good in this. I don't I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. A lot of people uh, have opinions on on Colin Baker as an actor, but he's actually. Uh, it, it, there are moments in this where he is genuinely, uh, it, it, genuinely. There's some genuinely good acting, and of course he's, he's playing against some of the finest uh, acting
0: talent of that generation as a young actor, and yeah. he really does hold his own. To yeah, I agree. And you get to see his nipples. So if that does it for you, you know <laughs> Colin bake nipples? Baker's nipples.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, and in the course of uh, episode one, well, basically it starts off with him, he's uh, down, on his, down on his luck yeah. and he's, he's, he makes a suicide attempt. He is rescued by Bet, and she basically, uh, to give him a break, she sort of says, well, I'll support you while you go off and train to be a sculptor yeah. everything like that.
3: Listen to me. I've some savings I might be willing to invest. If you would promise to work really hard and let yourself be guided by me I might lend you what you need to live on month by month. Oh not to get about the town you understand. Enough to live quite frugally that's all. It's possible to dine in Paris on 25 sous a day and I'll make you lunch with mine every morning. I'll also furnish this place for you and arrange for whatever apprenticeship you need. In return you will give me a formal receipt for the money I spend And when you're rich, you can pay it back to me with a reasonable amount of interest. Well? Why should you think you can trust me? Oh, monsieur, a rogue may commit suicide, but he doesn't put 25 francs in a table drawer to pay his room rent.
1: Well, even if that's true, it's hardly any reason for your making
3: such an offer.
1: And over the course of this first episode, of which I made very few notes, to be fair, okay. uh, we are introduced to her family. She is kind of, she's, she's the poor, what is it? I mean, the episode's called Poor Relations. Yeah. She is the poor relation of the Hulot family. She is related to them, and, but they are a wealthy, um, you know, one of those wealthy families uh, of Paris, mm-hmm. if I'm assuming. Uh, and... It, it, because well, I, I'm trying to think, are we talking pre-revolution here? We are, aren't we? Um, well, it's or no, we post, it's it's set in the 1850s, right? 1850s. Right. Okay. so yeah, so so these are the Ar- Aristos who survived the revolution. <laughs> yes, <laughs> if you like. Yeah, uh, and they are, and obviously because you know same old same old but they are one of the wealthier families and they look down on her a bit and they and they 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 invite her to dinner but the, the, but for mocking purposes to a certain extent a lot of her life has been spent as the poor relation of of them and them and them looking down on her and and, and you know her dresses aren't posh enough and all this kind of thing she lives she very a very frugal life uh she uh, is it sewing she she does um, embroidery and
0: stuff. She embroiders that bloody shield for far too long. It's ridiculous. Marisa kept saying, "What is she doing? Why? That can't take all these years. I don't understand." Because it's finished at the start, really, and she's literally just affixing it to that cloth all the way through, and it's just a bit silly. But anyway, <clears throat>
1: oh, it's, it's a visual metaphor. It is a visual <laughs> metaphor. Metaphor for what? For the unfolding story. I've had the credits roll over the the stitching. In fact, you know when the stitching starts that the episode's over. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: And sometimes it's a blessed relief because you're thinking, "Gosh, there's lots happened." Um, mm. So also, just and in the in the course of this episode, we meet the lovely Ursula. Yes, yeah, so can I just tell you the Ursula Howells, mm. um, Margaret Taizack sidebar? So okay, just to say that I think Ursula Howells and Margaret Taizack are wonderful, um, mm. and they actually are for me the two best villains in Miss Marple, spoiling those Miss Marples, but. Mm. Um, so you've got Margaret Tysak plays Clotilde Bradbury Scott in Nemesis mm. and Ursula Howells plays Miss Blacklock in The Murder Is Announced. And mm-hmm. it wasn't meant to be like that because it was meant to be that Margaret Tysak was Miss Blacklock, but she wasn't oh. available. So that's why she did Clotilde Bradbury Scott. But um, yes, just it's just funny that they're both in this. And and of course, that Ursula Howells is absolutely not a, a murderous person in this at all. She's just too lovely and and just thinks the best of bet all the way through the story, bless her heart.
2: Hector doesn't trust himself to speak to you. This insult from the counsellor breaking off the match, it has struck him to the very heart.
0: With anger. What else? Oh, I thought he might be feeling guilty. You must be aware of what has brought your children to this pretty pass. The dissipation of their family fortune on a string of worthless women. If
2: you are trying to shock me, sir, I may as well tell you, I know all about my husband's life
1: well there is a a thread for her character right? mm. which is which is certainly interesting but we'll come to that so she,
0: she's her cousin um mm. so she's got she's always had the wealth and she's she's kind of had she's got the husband hector and she's got all the money mm. and bet yeah is the poor relation just to say something about her name um it's actually a joke by honoré de balzac which is um okay. is due to the fact that in french bet is a is a um homophone for Mm. for bet as in b-e-t-e so it's like cousin Mm. beast is the joke Mm. and certainly in some illustrations of the book that have come out um she's she's really drawn as quite hideous and sort of like Mm. also sort of ape-like and really sort of ugly so there's a there's a definite sort of beast element to it which of course she Mm. she turns out to be in terms of her character later on but it's Mm. just interesting that that joke was being made by the author
1: well, Taisak isn't c- conventionally pretty. Well, certainly, she's not made up to be conventionally pretty in this. No. And her so... looked up how
0: old she was. Can you believe how old she was at the time she did this? Go. On. Go. On. She was forty only. Oh, right. Because okay. she seems so much. But then people looked so much older then. But she looks more like mid forties, fifty, mm. or something. Yeah. Mm. But it is a tour de force of a performance. Oh. I
1: mean, I I, 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 again, there are moments throughout this um, where. She she's she does the, the 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 beaming smiling villain. You know she she embraces people I mean, over their shoulder. She just the face changes. Yes, the face uh, crack. It just and and but the camera gets that, and it's and it's and it's sort of perfectly pitched. It's absolutely right. You can see yeah. the 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 change, and, and and it's very well done. It's not it's not sort of gurning. It's just you can see the sort of deathly uh, expression. You know. Appear on her face, and it's it, it's it is wonderful to behold. Quite yeah. frankly, and sometimes the the, the character
0: forgets herself, doesn't she? I mean, Margaret Tysack mm. knows what she's doing, but the character forgets herself. Sometimes stares a little too long, and then she suddenly mm. has to break and say, "Oh, that's wonderful news." And it's always never wonderful news, and she's always thinking. I mean,
1: you as the viewer know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you know that all her plots and schemes are coming together and everything like that. But uh, but it it it's wonderful way of underscoring that, and she just does these bits to camera, you know, that breaking the fourth wall thing, although they're not really breaking the fourth wall, she doesn't, it's not a knowing wink at the, the audience, it's just that the camera moves in to favour her yeah. close-up, and the face changes, and I, I, yeah, it says it all, yeah. really.
3: The young man finds a livelihood, the daughter finds a husband, and the father meets his obligations with a string of fine commissions, and as though that weren't enough, the happy couple crown it all by being beautifully in love as anyone can plainly see oh really
2: it's a fairy story <laughs> bravo I agree my dear bet. you make me feel quite ashamed I can't believe it you'll forgive us and you'll offer us your blessings well of course
3: all the happiness in the world <laughs>
0: So it's an interesting narrative device that um, we know so much because one thing I can't abide in dramas or episodes of of series is when we are slowly given the information, but you actually Mm. feel in on on it all here and Mm. you you know what's going on before other characters. So that gives you something that actually encourages you to watch.
1: I've lost track of the number of series where especially, certainly to a certain extent in um, adventure series or um, spy series where you just think, just talk to each other and all this would b- resolve yeah. It's just <laughs> nonsense writing. It's just that, oh, you know, you, they have the, the evil double. or so, I think, oh, shut up. Just get on with it. Yeah. Just, we, don't, we don't want five weeks of this not really the person we think it is who's been
0: replaced. Oh, get it. Yeah, like, we're parting you know, we're to what's going on and that's that's yeah, makes and that, it more interesting. You, you are
1: complicit, aren't yeah. you? You are complicit in the downfall of the of the Hulos. Yeah. And that actually is a Monsieur Hulu's holiday. It does not happen in this. But,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: but we are we are complicit in their downfall. And and it is, as I said before, it, it's a kind of it's a kind of delicious joy in watching their the, the cogs turn and the little bits of plotting and scheming start to yeah. to uh, out of all in many ways, it, 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 one of the wonderful things about Bet is that she spends a great deal of time looking like she's the most helpful yes. <laughs> person, and all of her plots and schemes about, well, you should invest your money in this, or you should do that, or you should do that, are all, all designed to bring down the, the downfall. And it's wonderful to actually see that play out. Yeah. Within, uh, it's like it's like watching, it's like a sort of uh, 18th century hustle. Yes,
0: it absolutely pop. is,
1: absolutely. And it, you know, and it's, to see it sort of play out and to see the payoff and, and just to see the nuggets being dropped and then sort of picked up on later. Yeah. It's all it's all just delicious, as I said yeah. earlier.
0: Yeah. Going into um some some of the detail of episode one, I just want to talk about one incident that really stood out, which gives you a clue as to how much she's not gonna, she's not gonna yeah. sort of withhold any sort of anger or malice. Is when she has the wager yeah. for the shawl. Oh yes, yeah. Which um, Hortense Hortense says she can have if she can prove that she's with um, that Steinbock exists, basically. Mm. Yes, and she's determined to have that shawl. And when she wins Mm. the wager, and she gives, it's a very odd wager. That why can't you just introduce him to them? You know, why do you have to create this weird or knit? Yes, do something. (laughs) It's just insane. But anyway. the the, the the anger she has in, in a, when she grabs the shawl off Hortense after mm. she's won it, it's like, oh, wow, the fury. You think, wow, there's all, a lot of... Un- all
1: these years yes. of losing. There's a lot London of... And then suddenly I've won something. Yeah, the yeah, untapped fury
0: and what it's going to do next mm. is, is kind of a very, really important incident in episode one.
3: Follow closely now and pay attention. I'm about to win my shawl. Here on this side, you will note that the decorations are concerned with chamois this is what the name Steinbock means in German chamois or a creature of the rocks right and on the other side we have a needle and thread a sword knot and a half-made pair of epaulets so one side represents my clever genius you see and the other side represents me and just to make sure there's no mistake underneath he's linked our two initials W.S. Wenceslas Steinbock L.F. Lisbeth Fisher. Adeline I appeal to you have I won the wager or have I not it would seem so from
2: the evidence.
3: my shawl then if you would be so kind.
2: (gasps) now Hortense come along. I must say I'm surprised. I believed in the young man's existence even less than Hortense. I know.
3: you thought I'd invented him. well everything I told you was the truth. I only
1: hope he appreciates all you've done for him. So we also, um, over the course of that, we we do meet the Thorley Walters character, who we do we do need to sort of.
0: Yeah, let's talk about Thorley. Uh, Thor- he's he's amazing in Thorley. this. Brilliant as the. Thorley is one of those uh, actors, those character actors of the sort
1: of seventies and eighties, who always seem to sort of play sort of crusty academics in in dusty rooms hmm. or uh, or spy masters of some kind, and, and always had this. S- twinkling vagueness about him. Mm. I, I actually think he's he's wonderful in the later episodes of uh, strangers uh, and the Bullman series he took ah, so right. He does some he does some lovely cameos in that, you know, mm. uh, guest parts in that. But uh in this he's um he's playing a vain a vain
0: womanizer. <laughs> well, he's sex obsessed, isn't he? He's absolutely obsessed. Yeah, he is absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh and his downfall is uh portrayed through a series of wigs and beards, to be fair. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh but he's he's vain enough to dye his hair and everything yeah. like that, which is a, a key plot point and everything like that. But but it's it's a lovely thing because actually in some ways he's he's kind of sympathetic. Oh, and yeah. yet he isn't. It's um, I mean, he actually go. He does. He's the one who goes out of his way. It might be because he's visiting one of his lovers, but he will pop in and see Beth and see she's you know all these kind of things. It's it's a really complex character. Yeah, and uh, his his downfall is spectacular. Yeah, and his and his uh, and and so on and uh, uh, and eventual uh, recuperation, but perhaps that's why parts of the later story aren't quite as satisfying hmm. but certainly the, the downfall of the Hulu's generally is a quite uh, quite well played but quite dram- dramatically brilliant, yeah. really, quite frankly
2: yeah. It is so unfair I gave her everything, I even ran your uncle Fisher into debt, he signed bills on my behalf of 40,000 francs and now she's gone without a bio leaf
3: You should be thankful. Thankful? That she's left you while you're still in one piece. With a home, a career and a wife. Oh god don't talk of Adeline. Oh my dear that's nonsense. Do you think Adeline doesn't know about your little friend? And all the others? If you want my advice you'll go home now and throw yourself upon her mercy. I guarantee she'll give you all her wifely sympathy tonight. And by tomorrow morning she'll be offering you her jewels to pay your debts.
2: No man ever had a better wife. I don't deserve such kindness. Dearest. I'll make it up to you, I swear. From now on, I shall be the perfect family man. I shall apply myself to my duties, find a husband for Hortense, and bury the Libertine altogether.
0: So also in this first episode, we briefly meet the Marnefs. So you've got Oscar Quitak, who I always think of as um, Mengler from Kessler.
1: It took me a while to work out the relationships in that. I suspect that's because I hadn't read the book. It took me a while to realise who he actually was. Yeah.
0: So he's... Right. He wants to become head clerk of his department, the War Department, which hmm. the marsh, Marshal Hulot um, runs. Hmm. And you've got Valerie, his his wife, who comes out... You think, first of all, she's not going to be a character, she's not going to be important, but she hmm. absolutely becomes central. Um, and yeah, but in this first episode, there's not a lot of her.
1: No, you, it's funny, actually. You, you, you read the cast list to the first episode, and... Uh... Again, uh, it, it just shows the pecking order of the time because Steinbach, who is quite a key character in Part One, is very low down the cast list, ah. and Mirren is actually quite high up there, okay. considering how early she was in her own career, and yet doesn't really feel. And you're thinking, why is Mirren that high on the cast list? Why? Why is that? But of course, it's because of the the way the rest of the uh, yeah. the rest of the program unfolds. Yeah. You know?
2: I have no right to ask for your help, I know, mademoiselle, but you have clearly been so kind to others and the baron has such a power as the Ministry of War.
3: Oh, I'm sorry, I was not aware... You know Madame Manef. Of course. Well, I merely came to say there is an inquiry for the piece I left with Monsieur Liu. I've been asked if I'd present myself. Oh! Seems the antique finish wasn't as deceptive as I thought.
1: The buyers wish to meet the sculptor.
3: You must ask the same price. I may ask more. Madame. You were saying?
2: I was wondering if you would speak to Monsieur Le Baron on Jean-Paul's behalf. Uh,
3: Jean-Paul? My husband. Oh.
2: He is so anxious to improve himself, so keen to be head clerk. A word from you, and Jean-Paul is quite sure the Baron could arrange it.
0: Shall we move into episode two? So, episode two is called This House for Pleasure. So... Yes. By this point, Hector is paying court to Valerie who is still Indeed. Cousin Bet's neighbour. They're not living together yet. And mm. unknown to Bette, Hortense has successfully engineered a meeting with Steinbock. So, mm. and she's going to fall for Steinbock, which is going to, yes, going to sort of, um, what's her reaction to that, Bet? She's quite okay with that, isn't she? Not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> as far back as I can remember,
3: ever since I was a child, they made a sacrifice of me. My cousin Adeline and I were girls together, brought up side by side, but I was slapped and went dressing like a drudge. I dug the garden, peeled the vegetables. She was the one they treated as a lady who married a baron and went away to shine at the emperor's court. Even when they sent for me and brought me here to Paris, it was only so they could amuse themselves proposing working-class marriages for me. Petty officials, captains who look like broken-down porters. Family joke, you see. Laughing stock. Infamous. And now they've stolen all I have to love in the entire world. The one I saved from death.
2: Ultimately, life belongs to me. Me.
1: There's going to be a marriage. Uh, Count Steinbock is going to marry into the Hulot family by marrying Hortense, and but he uh, bet has to find out accidentally. Yes, uh, and it's, of course it's no accident at all. It's all it's all deliberate. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, she she someone has to let slip. Who is it? Who lets it slip in the end? That the, but because they they were never lovers. This is the thing. She she's very. She's very stringent on the fact that she and Steinbock were never lovers, and that is kind of interesting, given how angry she gets.
0: Yes, I mean the hands. fury. I mean, she spits in his face when she finds out. Um, oh well,
1: I mean, the when when I mean that that moment when when she uh, is is told and she goes into his room yeah. and finds the uh, is it the lettering? No, it's the
0: drawing. The drawing of Hortense. Yeah.
1: Yes, and and the rage that that she shows in that room is is, is is again it's an astonishing piece of acting yes
0: yeah but it also it makes you question why is it so strong and clearly well she yeah. explains does she explains
1: the stuff that happened in her childhood that she was the family joke and everything like that but and they have they've, they've stolen and uh, they've stolen him from me and his life belongs to me i saved him from yeah. death and i i built him up and i financially supported him and they've all conspired together to... you. Know, and and this is where you get... I mean, a, a, a key point in this episode, this is where she says, I will see you in dust. Wow. See you
0: yes, in dust. She really means it. And Colin Baker's really sort of confused, because he obviously he, he has affection for Bette, and he's grateful, but mm. he doesn't realise how she views him in terms of ownership, and it's just... Mm. So much more than...
1: Well, again, I don't think it's necessarily ownership of him. I just feel that she wanted him as her project, her thing. And to lose him to the family who have spent all their life mocking her is the worst kind of betrayal. Had she lost him to some other young, you know, passing uh, woman, I suspect that would have just been... uh, she would have probably not been happy about it, yeah. But the fact that it was it was the Hulot family mm-hmm. that was that was the absolute core of her her vengeance, if you like, her, her requirement to to, to mm. <laughs> take them take them all down.
0: So the turning point here is when Valerie suggests that um, Bet becomes her companion at, at the Rue mm. Vanneau, where she's going to be set up to basically yes. be be hector's mistress
1: well basically H- uh, hector hector is squandering the family fortune left right the sense. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so he, he sort of buys houses for his mistresses to live in basically um and so uh, their uh, trajectory if you like her trajectory particularly is is suddenly skyrocketing she she uh, is suddenly going from living in the upstairs hovel, <laughs> yeah, uh, of of the place that uh, that Bet and Colin Baker's character, uh, the uh, all all inhabit this kind of festering sewer, if you like, of of uh, the. the the impoverished part of town they're suddenly going to be living in this big posh house and everything like that and uh and she just suggests oh well you could come and live with me then and of course what this does is it provides them with a kind of double-barreled approach because she's still seeing Hector uh, and there are other lovers who are interested in her and, uh, and, and she can uh, also see her other lovers but they can be coming to visit Beth. so there's kind of this all this stuff going on that, the intrigue going on that they can actually unravel Hector's mind very quickly yes. <laughs> by messing with his jealousy yeah.
3: Knowing Hector as you do I'm sure it comes as no surprise You must have known it was bound to happen in due course Who is she? The woman? The wife of one of his clerks Her name is Valerie Marneffe a foolish creature, but with nothing vicious to her. That's why I feel I may be of value living in the house as her companion. Not only can I prevent the dissipation of your family fortune, but I can act to some sort of moral curb and try to bring them to their senses. No, 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 I can't allow it. There's your reputation oh. to consider. People just wouldn't understand. Oh, my dear, who cares? As long as I have your trust, the trust of those I love.
0: So we haven't mentioned um, Edward de Souza before. Who um no. who plays the Brazilian lover. Montez? Obviously, we have to mention he, he was Mark Corey in Mission to the Unknown. Hello, Doctor Who fans! Mm. <laughs> um, but Edward, and of course, he's in the Lost Sapphire and Steel. So, uh, of course, yes. But he is um he is fun in this. It's a very over the top Brazilian who is like you, rampantly sex sexual.
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: he he basically
1: uh, he is the love of um. Valerie's life to a certain extent, even though she's married to somebody else. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yes, here's the look. small matter. And, uh, but but went off and disappeared. But but at a crucial point in the plot, because he's been mentioned, it's it's Chekhov's Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> Chekhov's
0: Brazilian. He
1: he comes back uh, uh, to mess up everybody or complicate everybody's lives still further. And of course, in the end, it is his character. If you weave through the plot, it is it, who brings about the downfall of uh, Valerie. Uh, by his by his jealousy jealousy and rage uh are two of the dr- sort of driving forces of this
0: story and i think they're the they're why it doesn't feel like an ordinary costume drama it's a very unusual no. different feel because it's such well, there's so not dark. Lots of
1: people sitting around yeah there's not a lot of people sitting around in bonnets going oh oh dear me will he marry me? no <laughs> exactly <he laughs> shall we go to another ball it's not like that the parties in this place are those terrible family parties that that we've all had to suffer yeah. in our lives. Uh, well,
0: we, we open we should... you. You hate hate everyone there, and you're just plotting. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, <laughs> I've um, never plotted and... anyone's downfall in the, to this degree. And there's
1: there's not much dancing or people or people in in taut white trousers trying to suppress their emotions. You don't get any of that nonsense in this. It's it's the French basically. Everybody's shagging everybody. Quite frankly. Wow.
0: Wow racist um but what i thought was really interesting was when it comes to the wedding of Steinbach and hortense that um they you barely see them getting married because what is Mm. the importance here is not all the frippery around them getting married and what hortense is wearing and whether the couple look happy it's all about Mm. what is bet doing on the fringes her machinations on the side to make things happen Mm. and that's really interesting it's it's clear that it's it's its sense of purpose its direction its perspective is not on Mm. on will people be happy and will they you know are they oh look doesn't they look pretty it's actually about what are the machinations that are going on that are going to usurp all of this and how will she get them back
1: it is interesting because the camera just follows better around this party yeah uh, the wedding party really yeah and of course this is this the second one on on the bounce really where where um aspects of marriage are questioned i don't know whether aspects of marriage were being questioned in in literature of the time but because uh, obviously barchester had that one may you live together forever or whatever it was so, <laughs> yes <laughs> may you suffer each other and, forever I, yes and and in this there is the the, the 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 it becomes the wedding from hell to a certain extent mm. uh uh and everything sort of again to, gets driven by by that is certain things that happen in, you know, in, 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 in conversations that happen yeah and uh, and the fallout of this I mean ultimately you know, Colin Baker's character does betray his wife uh, in 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 terms of having an affair mm. uh, which is purely uh, I mean again his humiliation at the hands of uh, Valerie later is is, 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 is astonishing but again i do wonder whether it was to do with the literature of the time you know whether uh, because i we must be getting to the stage where where women had more independence but and weren't just chattels weren't just you know we must be getting to that stage in history where
0: the the oh i don't know i think i think we've got a good 50 years to go yeah if not more well yeah
1: but but what i'm saying is in literature sometimes it the unfairness, if you like, oh right, it's brought out, yes. Start starts to starts to creep in that the, the the injustice of it, if you like, sort of, yeah. You know, I mean, in the sense that pretty much all the brains in these situations are all the we the female characters.
0: Yeah, it's or, it's or, or, you know. and and it, in that sense, it's a very feminist piece. I mean, Bet and Valerie mm. are so strong and capable. Mm. I mean, they're flawed as mm. well, and they have a downfall because of it, because mm. Bet is too vengeful and Valerie is. Mm too greedy and too you know, for money and, and is enjoying them they, they shoot
1: they shoot they fly too close to the sun don't they they That's do the they, but the,
0: they, you, and unfall spectacular but we also have empathy for them at times and realize that yeah their lot is has been really bad and why shouldn't they get what they can out of life and and make fools of the men also throughout this you
1: get um, adeline adeline is um, is very naive very religious you know she has a she has a, she's very devout. She you know she uh, because Hector's basically playing away all over the place. She knows that this is going on, but she's the wise one. She's the one who sells the family home so it and moves them to a smaller apartment. There's a wonder, mm. there's a wonderful parallel in one of the episodes where, as as Valerie and her entourage move into the big new. Exciting yeah. house. Uh, at the, the very Rubano. same time, yes. Uh, Adelaide is moving their household to save money into a smaller apartment, and and they yes. and they sort of look around it and go, a bit drab. Oh, but I can do things with it, you know. And it's and of course her her trajectory throughout this. Uh, again, it's one of those things that there's a fascinating turning point where where basically her only option left to her after everything else has gone wrong is to uh, offer to prostitute herself out. Yes. and And she has a moment of revelation where she decides that's not what she's got. Sh- she's not prepared to do that. She's not going to do that. And the interesting thing with that is I think that's where the plot starts to turn against Bet. It's when she yeah. has that massive moral revelation that she is not going to cross that line that yeah. actually things start to fall apart for for Bet and Valerie
0: Well you can hardly expect to set the town on fire, I mean not at your age but with your lack of experience in these matters
2: Yes, of course, you're quite right The only sort of love I know anything about is that of any ordinary wife who's remained faithful to her marriage vows not, I admit, of any great value on the pleasure market, but a blessed gift from God which I was foolishly about to throw away from me. I thank you, sir, for what you have just said. You've brought me to my senses.
0: We should also talk in episode three about this wonderful plot that they have, um, Valerie and Bet, which is basically that, that Valerie will bed Hector, Cravel and Steinbock, and then convince all three of them that the baby is theirs and take money off all of them. Yes. Um, Which is just... (laughs) To say it's brave is to (laughs) to (laughs) underestimate the, 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 the size of this plot, but it's just... It works brilliantly well, doesn't it? And it's just so flagrant, and it's just...
1: There's a wonderful... I don't know, again, you kind of feel that is this a literary device that wouldn't really work in the real world. But I suspect it probably would. There's a lot of stuff in this which is basically of the time in the sense that everything's sort of done by inference and letters and all this kind of thing. Yeah. And we say that you know people didn't have mobile phones, that people didn't have... No, you know, I don't think so. They, Not in 1850s. Yeah, they, they weren't texting <laughs> each other all the time. So how things <laughs> happened... I mean, it's always fascinating in history how things happened because people still lived full lives within society but they didn't yeah. do things the way we did them. But but a lot of scandal was, was again, because basically people have always have been and always will be a bit rubbish. And tittle-tattle yeah. and what people say and what people say they say and what people say yeah. they see always adds up in its own little way to being uh, a massive amount of unpleasantness for somebody. Because I think part of the human condition seems to be about making other people miserable makes us happy. You know, it's just one of those bizarre... Things that people do, and and Balzac here or Balzac, if you prefer, is really is really playing on the basic unpleasantness of people throughout this. Uh, I mean, you look at um, Oscar Qu- Quixex's character. Um, you know, he, he basically all he has is his ambition. He wants to be this chief clerk. He's already got his other lover.
0: He's yeah, uh, the maid yeah, played and, by Sally James.
1: And one of his moments, one of his moments, his very specific moments, is that he, he basically, when he gets the job through all the machinations of what's going on, is that he was able to go to work late and not be shouted at for being late, and he could just, yes. he could sort of dominate.
0: That's his, that's his goal. He's dominate the room. Yeah.
1: And of course, it doesn't work out for him. Uh, he, uh, he dies, doesn't he? Very
0: quickly afterwards.
1: Yes. But, yeah. so he, but we're, he, we're, getting, ahead of, he we're achieve, getting ahead of ourselves He achieves his ambition But that's what I'm saying There are all these characters Who do unpleasant things For personal gain The
3: inky fingered clerks Who for years Had poo-pooed my
2: chances ha <laughs> Picture them this morning as I came into my own. Green, I'm sure, with jealousy. (laughs) (laughs) I walked through the doors of the department half an hour late. (laughs) In itself, that was superb.
1: Because there is a whole other plot going on, which we haven't mentioned yet, which is the stuff that happens
0: in Algeria. My, this is the least interesting aspect of it for me. Mm. I, I think it's because Algeria is, es, essentially is a studio with a slightly brighter backdrop <laughs> outside. And it's oh, yes, and, and some
1: back projection, yes.
0: <laughs> and you get Godfrey James, who is wasted in whatever role he's playing as this tired mm. old soldier. And I, I never really got what Johan was doing out there. I know it was embezzlement mm. and all this sort of stuff. Well, again, was...
1: this is all part of uh, the plot to part, Thorley from the family fortune wasn't it he uh, yeah his his wages went to back some money-making scheme in algeria uh, so he couldn't support other things over here because he basically transferred a lot of his uh, wealth over to valerie for various yeah. convoluted reasons but but basically everything in algeria leads to their downfall because uh, they have to spend an awful lot of money to to to, to get this profit, and this profit never comes. There's a blooming great big war, hence, you and people pull out, and there's scandal and all sorts of things. And basically, his brother um, does himself in with the shame of it all. And that's pretty much the Algeria section, but it, it's yeah. it's all stuff that's get, sort of putting building the pressure on the family at home because all the money is gone, and a lot of it's gone to Algeria, and they have debts, they have chronic debts now. And yeah. also, the fact is that uh, uh, Hector's been doing a bit of well, for want of a better word, insider dealing. If you think of our government ministers now and the sort of dodgy deals they get up to to, to feather their own nests, he was doing a bit of that, quite frankly. No,
0: oh, exactly, exactly. That same same approach and th- and, and hopefully
1: uh, with the same result. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: for our modern so, um, day Hector. So I, I wanted to talk about. The weakness of all the men in this, mm. all the men. Can you think of a strong man in this? No. I can't think of one. They're all weak, foppish, um, useless.
1: They are dancing to the tune of, of Valerie and Bet.
0: And, and most importantly here, you've got Colin Baker, who who in episode three falls for the charms of yes. Valerie Marneffe. But I was also and thinking of
1: David uh, Harris uh, as the son. Um, Victorin, yeah. yes. Chap, Chap. yes but because <laughs> yes. uh, a lot
0: yeah, of can I, I just talk a bit, it, go on. sorry yeah. yeah so um so Monef gets to um wants to sit for him as delilah mm. and um is it, because we have got delilah and her handmaid mm. is the title of episode 3 which is very you know classical illusion. but um you, you get her dressing up and did it's you not old, um, so
1: do you not when you hear handmaidens though do you always just not uh, hear Janet Humphrey <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, handmaidens in hell, of course. <laughs> um, uh, no, not handmaidens in hell. That's I'm thinking of battlefield. What is it? Uh, Maiden's point.
1: Yeah, yeah I don't know. I just, I just uh, for some reason it always makes me think of Janet Hemfrey. I don't know why. I'm, I'm, I'm probably okay. I'm mixing up the uh, the episodes. Yeah, but,
0: uh, I think you are a bit. <laughs> um, so Helen Mirren gets to wear a, a rather over-the-top oh, costume, yes. Yes. very booby. Very booby, um, although to be fair with Helen, you know, that,
1: that, that you're still seeing lessons. It's than, not you know hard. <laughs> and, um Lesser.
0: And, and Steinbock is proved to be as weak and as feeble as any other man. It's, it's a real shame at that point. You think, oh, God, he is a, just like any other guy. He's crap. He's thinking with his dick. And that's going to be um, a problem actually so as soon as that downfall's happened though that means that bet moves on to her next conquest and by the end of episode three i think this is where it starts to unravel mm. because she decides she's going to try and marry the marshal yes um so who's the elder statesman the most important person in the hulo family and well that's yes that's to that, make I, her I,
1: revenge complete isn't it bet yeah to make her revenge. and
0: that's complete. when i wrote down in my notes Bet is bonkers.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I think actually, it's it. It feels driven. It feels driven by I want them to have to sort of, you know, sort of bow at my feet or kneel at my feet or whatever. If yeah. she sets her cap, as it were, on the marshal who is the head of the household, the head of the family, and and she's on his right hand and indeed in in, in control of all the remaining finances at that stage um she will basically the entire family will have to you know have deference for her and respect her and it's about gaining that respect uh and of course <laughs> as is the way of these these novels uh, her her plans start to unravel when he carks it
3: how could you be so foolish as to leave your desk wide open your securities
2: No no, they are
0: quite safe. Oh
3: thank heavens. I was worried. Where are they?
0: Where they belong. I've passed them over to the state.
3: I knew it! I knew it! Why?! I don't wish to discuss it! You old imbecile you've no choice! You are forgetting who you are. No, sir. I'm remembering who I am very clearly. I'm your future wife, and as such, I have the right to be consulted when you make your grand and noble gestures. I don't plan to pull this family coach in single harness. Go. Go and rest. You look like a ghost. We'll talk later.
0: so the thing about that this is though that bet is obviously not happy about the money um her grand dresses and everything that she's got now all that still fuels her and motivates her is to destroy the lovers mm. and i think that's really interesting that that's the only thing that really keeps her going throughout this mm. And it just shows that she can't be happy mm. with anything that she achieves. And it's just, I, I guess the, the moral message is if you're driven by revenge mm. and you're that, you bitter will be and destroyed. Twisted, by it.
1: Was it? Yeah. That whole thing exactly. about dig two graves or whatever they used to say.
0: Yeah. In episode five, one character who I really did enjoy, even though she's terrifying, um, it reminded me of um, the Poisoner in I, Claudius, Martina, was the um, Poisoner Madame Nourasson.
1: Oh, the unofficial executioners. Yes,
0: yes, Mm. from a family. I didn't know whether people know of these Nourassons in literature or actually whether they're real characters in Mm. Paris, real people. But she's... This garishly dressed old spinster, terrifying woman from the, mm. from the streets who is, you know, she has no taste. It's just shown in the clothes mm. she wears, but she is, she is wicked and she just loves, I think she loves the idea of killing people. Mm. And she just enjoys the, the thrill of it and she's hired. And um, there's that one point where Victoron, um kisses her hand. And I'm thinking, God, I wouldn't kiss her hand. Mm. You, know, you know you're making a, a deal with the devil And, um, yeah, so it's a a necklace that is gifted, apparently, Mm. from Montez, but it's it's infected with poison or Mm. something horrendous, isn't it?
2: I am Madame Nourisson. Uh You know the family name, I see. Yes, monsieur, for 40 years, we have been the unofficial executioners of Paris any case beyond the law is handed on to us and uh, <laughs> the the authorities ask no questions.
1: Well, as a lawyer naturally I've heard rumors of your... I was not aware madame that you dealt in these domestic
0: matters. Oh,
2: if the price is right and as a favor monsieur I could settle your affairs quite easily. <laughs> I have been keeping an eye on your Madame Marnet.
1: And a lot of this is all triggered by, of course, uh, uh, Henri uh, Montez, the Edward D'Souza's character, who.
0: Discovering, yes, Valerie's true nature. Who has a
1: lady party. <laughs> He goes to a lady lady party.
0: party. (laughs) The lady party at Josephus. Have you been to the lady party at (laughs) Josephus? Yeah. And one of the ladies there Mm. is none other than Fiona Gaunt. Oh, right. Who surprised me. Fiona Gaunt of Moonbase 3 fame. And she's also in War and Peace. Mm -hmm. And she's also in... She's the main woman at the start of Horseman Riding By with Nigel Mm. Havers. Anyway. But she plays Leone. She gets a few more lines than anyone else. Mm. What did you make of Janet Key as Josepha? Mm. She's so shrill and common that I think she's brilliant, but Mm. it's just such an awful character. Mm. But do you know who it reminded me of? It reminded me of Sheila White's Messalina in I, Claudius, that same sort of shrill, harsh, whorishness. (laughs) We're in the final episode. Mm. Um, I wrote down clumsier writing is what I wrote down. So Mm. I agree. I felt it didn't feel as polished
1: i just feel I, I, again I, it was just an overall thing i when i stepped back from it afterwards i thought i i wasn't mad keen on episode one wasn't mad, mad keen on episode five it's got wonderful moments in it but really yeah. i i feel that the core of the story is that uh deciding to take your vengeance and seeing that play out. When when because of the nature of the I suppose there's there is a kind of moralistic thing that does happen in that you can you know you cannot see the villain thrive. You cannot uh, you cannot prosper if you like. That seems to be the literary uh form that that she has not to win because Yeah. I I don't know because when you think about sort of later television later plots nowadays we we now we like our joan collins character to win we like our alexis carrington to 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 win a few times even though in the mm. end even that there still has to be punishment you cannot be seen to prosper uh, in a lot of drama you especially out of doing wicked things the wonderful thing about hector in this is that i i think there's a lovely thing where he finally is persuaded to look his age. Yeah. Uh, and and it, uh, after he's after everything's sort of falling apart around him, by Valerie, you know, he said, "Oh, I I much prefer yeah. a mature man to, yeah. to actually look his age because he's been dying his moustache, is dying you hair." So yeah. he gets to change his wig. Uh, obviously, this just means that everybody mocks him because again, that's the mm. the culture. He he stops wearing the corsets, so he's he's showing his full. Uh, untrimmed figure and uh, and it's a very brave thing to do as an actor i would think but also he uh, and so the 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 tinted wigs become the gray wigs and all that kind of thing and uh, in terms of his downfall he runs away and of course but he runs away and the only contact he has with the family is through
0: bet yeah well bet he doesn't run away he's forced to leave by bet and she controls that situation in a terrifying way and he just becomes unbearably lonely and by the end of, by episode five we discover he's kind of destitute effectively, mm. well almost destitute, but he's caring for a girl and it gets a bit dark because mm. there's a suggestion that there's a sexual relationship with this girl who's clearly young mm. and um, but also she she says with he's very kind, with, she calls him Papa Vidar doesn't she?
1: With his chocolate almonds
0: Yes mm. but um, even after all and that's of course when the the neat thing of um, Adeline working as a health visitor, mm. effectively, is what she's doing, and she she loves that. She's, mm. despite everything, kind of bets create, created a situation which gives Adeline a job she actually really loves, which mm. must infuriate her so much. Mm. And um, and Hector is reunited with her and brought back to the family. Hector,
2: oh. oh no, no, Hector, don't leave me, please. The police, you brought the police. Oh my. I- is that why you've been hiding but it isn't so the police aren't interested in you anymore no the Algerian business was cleared up ages ago and Victor has paid all your debts every single sou. in fact you're a rich man you have a legacy from Madame Marneffe and a pension from the government waiting for you oh oh Manny. yes and more important than that a happy and united family wanting you home again. Oh, my dearest, it's been our one and only prayer. Please say that you'll come home. Can I bring mine little the girl? Hmm?
0: And then you have one last twist, effectively, which is... So Bet's furious. What? What is it that causes Bet to have her final sort of stroke thing? Mm. Um, um, Seizure, what... what I can't remember. Is it Hector's return? Yes, it is. is. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah.
1: And uh, but you know, and that they've they've reconciled to a certain extent, and that's just too much for her. All all her plans have failed, and she has this. And so, in the last scenes, that she can only communicate through moving her eyes. Yeah. uh, And she is basically being nursed in her final illness (laughs) Hmm. by a young nurse who, through her her eye movements alone she manages to suggest might um, might have a fling
0: with hector <laughs> i know or the other, even at this stage she's determined to wreak revenge on him and the family and they yeah. do
1: and obviously they yeah, so uh, bet dies to the giggles of hector and the nurse uh, yeah. and we hear in the course of bet's funeral that that hector has run away with the nurse so she has won that one, and uh, we get that wonderful sort of thing about uh, which, again, is that wonderful dramatic irony: is that everybody is at her funeral saying how lovely she was and how
0: helpful she was. Yes, I know. Which is, and which and is even nice. Adeline says, "Adeline says, at least she didn't know about what happened with Hector in the end, and you know, it's good mm. she died before that." Mm. And it's like, oh my god,
2: <laughs> we should be grateful all the trials and tribulations that Bette has suffered for our sake. It's good at least to know that she was spared this... ..one last blow.
1: So what do we make of it, all to, all told? Is it something, I mean, like you say, you, you've seen it ten... 15 years ago whatever it was and and enjoyed it did you did you feel it held up now
0: i did i wouldn't watch it again right i I actually watched it 3 times now i watched it with alex when she was recuperating from her accident in, right. um, in new zealand as well and because i thought she would like the, the mm. elements of it but um i've seen it 3 times that's enough yeah but i would recommend it to people to watch mm. because it's surprisingly compelling it's not mm. like any other Period drama of the time, your *Sense mm. and Sensibilities*, your, you know, your, all, all of that sort of stuff. Mm. It, 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 that that were quite dry and slow in the early seventies, mm. and I think that's because it's produced by Martin Lysmore, mm. who, um, who went on, of course, to produce *Claudius*, which is mm. why, which is why Margaret Tyzack's in it, um, mm. in *Claudius* because of her performance here. I think. But it is a, and, a an interesting yeah. choice
1: as an adaptation, isn't it? You know, considering, like you say, all the other stuff that they were making. I don't know. Well, I've I've said to you before, I sometimes feel that there's this idea, there's stuff we should be watching as opposed to the stuff we necessarily want to be watching. Well, the
0: interesting thing I discovered was that um, there was a Radio 4 adaptation, literally, that went live um, just only a few months before. Right. So it must have been in production at the same time. Okay. And it's not got the same cast at all. Mm. But the person who plays Bet in that, I would just love to have seen. I must listen to it rather, not seen. Listen mm. is Alethea Charlton. Oh, okay. Who I've talked about on the podcast before, who mm. is you know known to us uh, Doctor Who fans, but she's gloriously like Bet. I, I mm. can see her playing Bet and and being wonderful. So I, I hope they put that online mm. at some point because I'd love to listen to that.
1: It's interesting though because that. I wonder how it works on audio really because a lot of a lot of the Tizak performance in this is very visual. Yes,
2: you know
0: I don't know. I don't know whether maybe she has a diary or they have to use a device mm. or she has her sides or I don't know. they would have mm. to do something because it's very visual, isn't it, about her reaction to the things. Mm. Yes.
1: but it's it's an interesting thing. I could say it's telling us a lot about human beings and what they will do. You know, especially if you yeah. don't treat them well. You know, you. Yeah. But equally, what people are capable of, and what people are capable of within, <clears throat> even you know, the, the fact is that I don't think anybody particularly um, comes off as as a, as as a as a nice person in this. Really, I don't. I don't know. Like I say, apart possibly from Adeline who's almost too good to be true but equally I can't imagine that I would want to actually spend time with her because of the be all, the no. be all that, that God bothering going on it, irritating nice rather than natural nice but all the rest of them are basically you know well you know quite quite the bunch really aren't they you know
0: yeah and I think it's interesting that you can enjoy a drama in which there's very few very few of any likable characters because usually my rule would be I've got to like someone. I've got to be behind someone. And I think that's why you get behind Bette and Valerie so much um, because you want them to succeed. Because it's fun to watch their machinations and see how far they'll go. But at the same time, there's no one likable in this. So it achieves something very unusual in drama. I can't, as I say, I can't think of anything like it. It's so different, and which is why it stands apart from so much.
1: Do Do you think it's different to see it now? As opposed to when it was made. I mean, it's fifty years old. But do you think? Do you? Think, I think it's
0: a, I think it's surprising how well it holds up, given it's yeah. 50, 51 years old this year. It really, is surprising. Well, oh, I was can just thinking it, more and, in, and it's
1: more in terms yeah. of of the you know the attitudes and and what's going on. Do you feel ah, okay. if? Because of the, I mean, I because no nobody in this is condemned for sleeping around, really, are they? They all they do get their just desserts, but it's not the actual fact that they do it at all is not frowned upon within the plot. If you see what I'm no, driving at, yeah. there, they all just get on with doing what they want to do, and in that sense, it's quite a modern. Uh,
0: yeah, there's a thing. There's an honesty. There's no condemnation about, in there. Yeah, there's an honesty about human nature to it, which is quite modern. Yeah, absolutely. And the sexual, the acceptance of the fact that men are, are you know, not going to be faithful. <laughs> you know, apparently there was a f-
1: feature film version a few years ago,
0: mm. with Jessica Lange. Yeah, I've never seen it. I've told I've told that it does different things with the plot entirely, and and that. Ballsack fans are not fans because they think it's too too far removed from the book. Right,
1: okay, so they, they, that's, this is really what I was wondering, because I, I, I was thinking that if someone took these scripts now and decided to make a modern drama with it, I uh, just wonder, you know, quite how, th- how they would change it for, for modern audiences. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. it's not... Um, I, I don't know how palatable... And I, I, we, we somehow seem to have become the new Puritanism, if you like. We, we, I think people would just turn off now. See, I've got a problem uh, with modern uh, ad- adapters of books deciding that they know best what the author would, was really trying to get at, and right. <clears throat> and actually rewriting for their own prejudices or or preferences, if you see what I'm saying. And actually, yeah. I feel that this would be written differently i i feel yes. that you know there would there would be differences in the relationships within within this i think the one
0: story. of the differences that modern adaptation would include and i don't know whether it's in the film at all is that there would be a sort of sexual relationship between bet and Val- valerie mm. Because their closeness, their connection, as they're mm. plotting all this stuff, I can imagine a kiss or something, mm. just to suggest something more there, which mm. I don't think there needs to be. Quite no, honestly,
1: no. This is the thing. Sometimes I feel these things are actually added, as as ooh, you know, to make things a bit more modern. But actually, I yeah. don't necessarily think. I think sometimes that diminishes what's actually going on. In the same way, the the lack of a physical intimacy between uh, Steinbock and bet um, yeah is actually quite important and that betrayal wouldn't necessarily be any better played if you happened to you know opened it with a scene with them in bed together or whatever you know it, yeah it, it would yeah, not exactly. I don't think it would it would help tell the story in some ways it diminishes it because it makes it like everything else and quite often yeah. uh, that's the problem a lot of modern yeah. television wants to be like other television because that you know I mean yeah. it's, it's I'm, you
0: know, I'm I'm going to say that representation of gay people on TV is very important but it's just when you you turn something that is just a relationship that is is not sexual I think it's it's take, making every la- relationship sexual is what I have a problem with I think sometimes. Well yes
1: and that's the point it's what I'm saying is it, it twists it, it it kind of I don't know I think it manipulates the viewer into ah well this is this because of this and actually i think the ambiguity it's, it's more complex than that yeah, yeah. that's the thing the yeah, ambiguity exactly. of the situations and and the 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 sense of betrayal that you get throughout this story is is very much it's it's more than just sexual betrayal it's more yeah. than that I,
0: mean, and, I think of the the deep relationships i've had in my life with various people and and those connections have not been sexual you know Sometimes they have, sometimes they haven't, and it's just like, you know, it's 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 too A B C really to. um, Well, that's it. I think we simplify, we
1: oversimplify a lot of this, a lot of complicated relationships, a lot of complicated setups, and sometimes that diminishes the whole production, Mm. and that's just an interesting sort of side aspect of this because I actually think that there's a hell of a lot of really bubbling tension. A lot of really interesting stuff going on in this, without necessarily any of that being overt. I mean, yes, there is sexuality. Yeah. Yes, there are relationships. Yes, we. Yeah. I mean, at her best, Helen Mirren, and this is at her most flirty in certain scenes in the studio. You know, you can you can tell she's letting it all hang out to a certain extent. You know, the, yeah. The,
0: I mean, you can see. I mean, just on on Helen Mirren, on the point about her, you can see that you can see her career coming out before going out before or after this. I mean I, I imagine it was a turning point because she was she's so confident and her delivery is so clear and emotive but also firm. Yeah. I mean the line I really liked was in episode five when she 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 said to Montez, really she was too direct and she said, I'll keep you in the larder as a meal for later on. And it was like that's what she was doing. She was keeping you in the larder like a fat spider. And it's like her beauty belies her evil and it's it's just glorious stuff. Um, fans of Helen Mirren should watch it, you know, just to see where she came from, really.
1: Who do you think comes out of it best? I, I mean, I feel Valerie actually is a strong, you know, and sort of driven character. Again, her fate is very unfortunate. I mean, I know it's also slightly unfortunate from a makeup point of view. Um, oh yeah, there there is yeah. the uh, you you get the whatever the reveal. Dis- it, yeah, that that's that sort of that Doctor Who face turn. Ah!
0: It really is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah.
2: Pray for me, not to live, to die.
3: You're not going to die, not yet, Valerie.
2: You will. I cannot bear the pain. You must alter it. Please. You owe it to me.
3: You can't buy redemption with a few words on a scrap of paper. Can you hear me?
2: Valerie. No. 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 No.
1: You feel, after this four-episode setup, it seems so bloody unfair. And I know life is unfair, and maybe that's what yeah. like is trying to tell us, that life I is unfair. I think it is, yeah. But, I think that's um, his message, yeah. But I, there, are, there are these delicious little moments where the, the timing that these people
0: choose to cark it. <laughs> oh, Picks. for God's sake!
1: Give her a yes. break! Just give her <laughs> one break! Just the one!
0: Because she's trying to keep all the chess pieces on the board and yeah. in the right formation, and in mm. the end she just can't, and it's just that's why yeah. it all becomes too much, and she yeah. just she has that seizure. Yeah,
1: I did enjoy, it, and it's a, it's got some absolutely cracking performances in it, and
0: yeah. you know, and I don't I, think it is what the drama you think it's going to be either. No, um, and, we, and really that was the surprise. And that's why I would, yeah, and that's why I would recommend it.
1: In in, in some ways, I was less, yeah, you know, I was I was less. I was overall. I was less smitten with Barchester than. than I, I could watch this again. I, I'd quite happily say, yeah. you know, sit down and say, you'll like this. Actually, you know, we, yes, it'll it'll it it'll, it'll surprise you, despite being classical literature, because a lot of people just go classical literature. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining that a lot of people will not even know what it is we're talking about, or at least uh, yeah. they may have heard of the feature film, or they may have even read the book at some point. But in in terms of this production, I. I mean, I had never heard of it before you mentioned it yeah and and um, again, it, it sort of falls into that slight subcategory that we have covered in the show before of these shows that were presumably quite big at the time and then get sort of forgotten about um, yeah I, I mean think, this was on so. in it started in August, so this is this is kind of summer telly.
0: Yeah, you, you're not putting your big hitters out at that point. This is, this is literally just almost like a schedule filler. And it was BBC Two as well, so they, weren't, they were realising it was a bit more highbrow, I guess. But they did, I was interested to see, looking at Genome, they did repeat it every week on a, on a weekend as well. So they were repeating it, so that's interesting. They did that for a while, didn't they, where they would repeat something the same week, yeah.
1: And obviously, you know, mm-hmm. Ursula, Helen, Margaret, three strong central... Uh, female uh, performance in it which which is always you know worth your time quite frankly yeah because it's actually to a certain extent it's quite still relatively rare in in that era I mean some of the 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 other uh, female characters in it are a bit wet and a bit forgotten about oh, yeah, obviously, not, obviously wasn't,
0: the poisoner but um i wasn't i wasn't convinced by um hortense or no uh, uh, well she was
1: supposed to be seen as, a, as a, a kind of rival and 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 she was a bit wet i mean i know and she goes off and has her child and all that sort of family rambling yeah. nonsense and she has a sense of betrayal but but actually funnily enough all that stuff kind of washes over you in the way it often does in these dramas you know he kind, of, but that i suspect is also the role that was given to women in the books you know the, once you've sort of served your breeding purposes you're kind of set aside and forgotten about so that we can yes. concentrate on the interesting characters you
0: know yeah so we enjoyed it mm. um we recommend it it's probably not what you think it is you probably struggled
1: um, to track it down. Now, I mean, this is—it uh, seems I don't know whether this is massively out of print. I don't know. I can't remember whether I bought a new copy or I or bought a second oh, right. copy. But it's—it's—it it's, it looks <coughs> when you look at the design of the cover, it definitely looks like it's been around a few years.
0: Yeah, but it um, also surprises me that. They didn't. It doesn't up Helen Mirren's element in it no. enough because, like you know, with like Barchester, we had um
1: Oh, the Rickman all over it. Yes, Rickman
0: all over it. You'd think Mirren would be all over this because it's a it's a big key role.
1: Well, it's a big. I mean, it's a fairly. Uh, I imagine it's part of what made Colin Baker's career. You know, in in the early seventies. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's uh, it's interesting, really, to to see uh, Colin Baker's obviously pops up in things like rivals Sherlock Holmes as a guest and and yeah. so on and so forth you see him doing these little guest spots uh before I think the brothers is really the thing that that he really the Paul sort of, Maroney yes know, stratosphered him to a certain yeah. extent but uh, well, I, but this I, is when a, he
0: comes into when he comes into the brothers he just completely ignites the screen honestly yeah. he is amazing when he comes into it it's suddenly everything's just suddenly pepped up
1: and and this is a, but well, this is a key role. So, I mean, you know, if people haven't seen early Colin Baker performances, it's a, it's a, it's a not bad one. You know, it's not bad at all. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and his, when he is, uh, when he is finally sort of faced with the, the consequences of his actions and how he was really there just as a kind of, well, I hate to use the word filler. <laughs> <laughs> wow But um, you know in, in terms of his relationship in, in his value to um, to Valerie when she finally sort mm. of, she finally spurns him as it were um, you know I, I think it, it's it just shows actually what a powerful screen uh, actor he was
2: Fetch me my dress
1: Fetch it yourself After this display I'm
2: done with you I'll not play parasite anymore, and as for your love being charity here <laughs> that should more than pay the bill,
1: but can you imagine if Colin Baker had been cast as in Doctor Who a lot earlier in his career? you know
0: yeah, it would have been a very different doctor, I think yeah I,
1: you know it it is interesting that uh it because very much that sense of, uh, you know, when they were looking for Peter Davison. Yeah. Actually, Peter Davison's uh, screen persona at that stage, when he was cast, is more or less, more or less the same sort of age, same sort of look as as yeah. Colin Baker was in this 1971 in So yeah. 10 years earlier. Exactly. He, he had the gravitas yeah. later on. But actually, in terms of that sort of young adventure, you can see in this performance why he actually is very good as Doctor Who, if you see what I mean. Uh, Which sometimes people do underestimate his, you know, they do play down for some reason, you know, possibly because there's a lot of fan wisdom that, that, you know, that knocks him or Knox, yeah. the programs he was in, but actually, you know, I I think he's a lot better actor than people give him credit for, and I'm I'm quite yeah, impressed. I was very well, I was very impressed with him in this, but also yeah. again, like I say, playing against you know, if you can't really imagine, yeah, you know, when someone, you know, when did Colin Baker play opposite Helen Mirren? People would go, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and yet here it is. You know, yeah. It's interesting exactly. to me also, though, that when you look at that, why was Colin Baker? not in Claudius because it's this is of course this kind of repertory um but
0: also why was ursula howells or thorley water um walters waters Waters, walters not in a there's a lot of them i'm surprised that don't don't make it through absolutely so there we are (laughs) yes so that was cousin bet or cousin beast if you prefer um i think it's a, a a cautionary tale against um, underestimating your maiden aunt. <laughs> yes, um, uh, yeah, it's, all, I... it's also got
1: a lot to say about false wigs and false hair, but, um, but definitely, uh, you know, there, there's there's a lot there's a lot to be liked in uh, in Cousin Bet, and uh, yeah, I, I I can genuinely see the appeal of it, you know. So uh, I think, and, and and it just proves again that even in the stage of multi camera in studio you can get really cracking performances you know without having to use single camera you know all you've got a, an ensemble of people giving their all and the cameras are able to tune in on particular moments so you do get those wonderful moments that turn on facial expressions and it all works in a multi camera studio system so you shouldn't yeah. knock you know three four camera studio productions they do work and they do yeah. work well if the acting's good, the writing's good, you know, the sets are good. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. The sets sometimes look a bit artificial, but that's the nature of television
0: at that time. There was one yeah. moment where there was weirdly when there was that. Oh, the CSO door. those doors, the CSO doors. Yeah, <laughs> it's like why bother? When he was going <laughs> to was the court. Sword. Yeah, it was so unnecessary because yes. we didn't need to see it. And I think it that was a that was a test. I think that was like, let's see how we how the CSO stuff works. Can we open it but, up? Yes. Yeah, because yeah. 71, of course, is the year of CSO. That's it when is. Barry Letts, you know, brought it into Doctor Who, big style, Terror of the Autons and all that. It's the same same year. Okay. Right. Are we done? Okay. Yeah, I think we are done. We shall be back for the letter D with something that's slightly more mainstream, well, very much more mainstream, definitely more culty. Mm. So um, that well, will be maybe the not, time.
1: Maybe not the D you're thinking of.
0: Oh. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, not that one. <laughs> right okay well okay yeah until next time i have been andy and i've been martin you take care